too. Michelob's you know? mustaches and yeah buddies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Camaros. And Camaros. <laughs> A healthy dose of Camaros. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy. Happy Thursday morning. It's the Lifestyle Business Podcast with the LBP. This is what we believe building a business is the best way to create more personal freedom and opportunity in your life. Today, I'm joined as is per the usual by my captain, my co-host, a man who puts the phone into microphone. Welcome to the program, sir. I enjoy those uh, that headset you got on there. Oh, thank you. Yes, I, I look like a uh, customer support representative. <laughs> uh, so if you haven't figured it out yet already, uh, we are on opposite sides of the country and not talking about vietnam we're talking about the united states yeah man it's it's a it's a new deal so tell us about what you've been up to in san francisco uh i just got back from a uh san francisco so uh, i'm doing some racing here this month i uh, got actually three races lined up so i'm pretty excited about that uh racing a spec 944 porsche racing a spec miata and uh racing uh, the 24 Hours of Lemons with my buddies here this month. So, uh, yeah, chock-a-block full of racing and, of course, business. What about you? What are you doing in New York? Very cool. So you're single-handedly trying to make Miatas cool. That's your game plan, man. Yes. I'm in uh, upstate New York um, hanging out with the family. I got a new nephew. So I guess uh, it's a really nice the location-independent lifestyle, man. You can go around and uh, visit family and, and hang out with them. So. That's been fun, and uh, heading to New York City next week to uh, see what there is to be seen in New York City. Tons of DCers, obviously, so trying to meet up with some of those guys. Can't complain about New York City. I'll tell you what, Dan. I've been back in the United States for a total of two days, and I already miss Vietnam, so I can't wait to be back there hanging out with you and the crew. Yeah, buddy. I mean, it's a pretty magical scene there, and it's it's cool to have that brain share all in one Beautiful location with very cheap noodle soup. All right, so Dennis gave us a phone call. Uh, let's take a listen to what he said. Dan and Ian, I just want to tell you how appreciative I am. I wanted to do a clever little podcast about marketing theory, and Dan led me to move in the direction of video marketing, which was the best advice. So since then, I'm rocking a podcast, and stuff is great. So I can't thank you guys enough. Yeah, buddy, Dennis, thank you so much uh, for the call, man. Really appreciate uh, the shout. Lots of five-star iTunes reviews this week, Ian. Five stars. Wow, this podcast is outstanding, funny, informative, and way too addictive. User LH19851 says, I've learned a lot. Stop reading this and start listening to the show. Thank you so much uh, for heading to that clunky iTunes interface and showing some love for the LBP in iTunes. So Ian, this week on the meat and potatoes, it's episode 160 of Fireside Chat. I thought, you know, maybe it's time for some reflection. We're we're back in our sort of our hometowns. We've got a bunch of hometowns now. We're sort of racking them up, but right. it's sort of time to, to, to maybe take stock. I thought it'd be fun to do it this week. Um, I was listening to the AdSense Flippers podcast last week, episode number 50, and I just want to give a big congratulations to Joe and Justin. They're friends of ours. And, you know, I remember when I first met those guys, just I loved hearing them so much. Um, and I was hoping that they would start a podcast and then they did. And I've just been enjoying listening to it so much. Um, 
I, I had such a good time listening to their, I, I was even remember, I was in Detroit's airport listening to their episode and I thought, man, I love hearing their personal perspectives on these things. So I thought we would take the same questions that they asked as an ode day Joe and Justin and answer them on our show as well. And uh, talking about Joe and Justin, and a little bit off topic, but um, we had one of our sites for sale up on Empire Flippers over the past couple of months, and it actually just uh, sold yesterday, Dan. Did it? I don't even know if you knew that. Wow. So uh, <laughs> we had a successful sale through that, uh, through through the Empire Flippers. So thanks a lot to those guys. And uh, I think they are, uh, I think they're having some other successes over there too, moving some other sites. Yeah, no question. There's, there's a, a much bigger opportunity that they're going after there, and I'm very excited to see them do it. I mean, they're actually publishing more comprehensive revenue reports on their websites now. It's just really fascinating to watch two guys with chops operate their business in public like that. And it's just inspiring. I, I, uh, they're doing incredibly well, and I just uh, can't wait to see what they bring over the next few years. And in fact, they're inspiring this podcast. So let's get to it. Okay. So the first question, and these are, are six personal questions, Ian, designed to mine out your most personal and deep beliefs about business. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So the first question is, how do you view your personal strengths and weaknesses? So the way Justin put it is, what is your Superman skill set and what is your kryptonite? What what sort of is brings you down in business? I think one of the things that uh, is as a personal strength for me is my ability to plow um, we've been working at some of these businesses um, that we started back in 2008, still now in 2013. And so I think it's it's kind of just in my blue collar nature to continue to plow at these businesses, although at times they aren't super exciting. Um, I have a lot of um, I have a lot of energy to continue working on businesses that we started five years ago and doing a lot of the same things. Uh, that we were actually doing five years ago. It's this adage that's like, don't let what you want now get in the way of what you truly want. I think you're good at that, that sort of ascetic personality. I, I kind of give myself that mini speech every morning. Um, you know, there's certain times that I don't really want to do X or Y or Z, and I do it because I know that it's going to bring me the life that I want. Yeah, and it's it's a long road, and so you kind of have to hammer at that stuff for a while. But I think uh, one of my weaknesses in that is uh, involving people and in our team and in our audience in that journey. And actually, Dan, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm really happy about. We started the LBP, and when I say we, you came up with the idea to start the LBP, and you kind of dragged me along for the ride. And it's been great for me because um, I'll do a bunch of this work, and then I won't ever share it with anybody, right? So I think that's the reason why you have kids or something like that, is so they can <laughs> continue on with your legacy. And I feel like that's part of the reason um, why you had this idea to start the podcast is because, you know, if you're going to do all this work, it, it makes sense to share it with somebody more than just your cat, who I was telling it to before. Right. Um, and he doesn't even appreciate it. He doesn't appreciate it. He doesn't appreciate <laughs> it. So that's why, uh, that's one of my weaknesses and some one of the things that I'm working on through the LBP and, and through other means is to is to share our journey and to share what we've been doing because it's just no good only in my head. I think it makes sense to share it with other people. So I guess my, and this is self-talk too, I'm sure other people would say different things. It might be interesting to switch the episode around and talk about each other, but one of my entrepreneurial strengths is probably my ability to sort of step back and say, F it, let's change everything. Um, I'm willing to take that risk and say, you know what? We've been doing this for two years this way, but screw it. Like, let's just change everything. Let's hire a new person. Let's change the the constitution. Uh, let's forget about that cash flow. Let's sell this business. I do a lot of that kind of slash and burn thinking. I leave those options open, even if we don't explore them. 
even if we don't end up executing, I'll be the one that comes to the table with the kind of change everything option. You know, my biggest weakness is definitely um, the creative expression that I like to do in my work. So a little bit of my heads down work versus being creative vis-a-vis a team. Um, I think I'm still not very good at scaling that creativity through a team. I, in, in general, I'm just a bad manager, I think. You know, I have a lot of a lot of room to grow in terms of how I lead people and how we take our knowledge and empower other people to like be their best selves. Yeah, I think this is a, an interesting point for you, Dan, because uh, I've actually worked for you before in a uh, in an office environment before we started this company, and uh, you know you were leading a team then, and it was a fairly large team, but it, it was a different scenario, right? Because it wasn't your business. Now it's your business, and now it's time to have this creative expression through your own team, right? So I think there's a lot of differences uh, between uh, a manager at a job and then a manager as a business owner. All right, Ian, we've got the most awkward question out of the way, so let's get on to other stuff, Uh, more fun topics. How about thorns in your entrepreneurial sides? What really annoys you, man? Oh, geez, I could go on for days. I mean, when you you wrote out this question, I I had three legal pads just filled (laughs) out. But uh, I'll, I'll try and distill it down to uh, just one point. I think this has a lot to do with um, new entrepreneurs getting in, into the game. Uh, with a lot of new entrepreneurs, there's uh, too much pregame. So when I look back at our first product that we came out with, Dan, uh, it from conception to in the warehouse was like six to nine months. I um, mean, we made a lot of mistakes, and I've told that story before about how the product was kind of a disaster, but we got on the field and we started playing the game. I think it makes sense for entrepreneurs, new and old, to try and get into the game, get into the market as soon as possible. And yeah, let's just, let's not talk about all this stuff on the sidelines. Let's talk about it on the field, actually in, in practice. I got one. Hey, Dan, I've been listening to your show and probably what you want to do is interview X author because you have a show and it would really benefit your audience. I'm Carrie and I'm the assistant to the marketing head of this publishing house that's probably gonna be out of business in five years because I have no idea how to be marketer. If you wanna really get involved, blah, 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 there's like 10 other, so I hate these dolty, unsolicited emails that, here's the thing, like I almost feel like forwarding these emails to the author and saying like, this is really screwing up your game, brah. Author would probably be like, you know, I don't care. And that's part of the problem. Um, I I just don't like, if you're going to reach out to people unsolicited, put some effort into it and figure out what they're really about and how you could tailor your message to them. Add value before you ask for value. And here's the, here's the worst part of it. When I'm actually interested in the author and I say, yeah, I want the book. All of a sudden, I got to log on to some stupid corporate software, have an account. Uh, they give me DRM freaking. Here's the thing. If you want me to read your book, send me your book in EPUB format. That's it. It's simple. Don't ask me to respond and do a monkey dance for you. And uh, you're, you're a guy that gets probably, what, 50 plus emails a day unsolicited. And so you yeah. have to really think about that from your perspective, right? It's like, what is what is going to jump out and, and, and make you respond and engage in these people? I think part of it is that, like the people who are doing this work are assistants. And this loops back down to our first point 
which, okay, they're marketing interns, fine. But you have to find a way to empower your team to be their best selves. There's no doubt that this Carrie, uh, I'm sure she's bright, she's she's ambitious. If you empowered her with a process and say, you know, use your best judgment about, treat, you know, treat yourself as if you were a fan of the Lifestyle Business Podcast. You know what? Become a fan of the Lifestyle Business Podcast for 15 minutes. Figure out who these guys are and what they might value. And by the way, don't have them opt into some five-year-old corporate software in order to get get the goods. They're, anybody who's going to promote your stuff or read your book or talk about your crap is, is doing your work for you. Make it as easy as possible for people. Here's the thing, Ian. This is the crazy part. I could go on Amazon and buy the book quicker than I could get it for free through their stupid software. And that's what drives me crazy. It's like, who is thinking about this? Is anybody sitting down thinking about this stuff? That's my rant. Rant over. Buzzer sound, please, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing when to hold them and knowing when to fold them. Ian, this is a question about risk tolerance, man. Are you a risky guy? Or are you just letting it all hang out? What's your what's your feeling about taking big risks to make it happen in business? By the way, no one to hold them, no one to fold them. Great song. But uh, no you know, I think in general them. in our business, Dan, no is we don't take a lot of risks. Um, and I think uh, we do a fair amount of calculating. So we have our key performance indicators. Uh, one of the things that we're working on right now is like a niche algorithm. So uh, we're coming up with a formula that basically says uh, the product needs to meet these 10 requirements in order for it to be part of our organization, right? So it needs to produce this kind yeah. of revenue. The market cap needs to be this. The margins need to be that. And uh, that's, that's a, uh, I'd say, very unrisky approach, right? So we're not putting it all on black. I can't remember um, the last time, Dan, uh, me and you took uh, a bunch of cash and just decided to throw it at an opportunity, right? That wasn't yeah. fairly measured. I mean, that's just not how we operate. Yeah, I mean, like, look at our business has been fairly consistent. I think that that's probably a representation of our risk profile. I mean, me and you seem much more willing to take risks in terms of our time and maybe our maybe more emotional risks, like when you left the office or when I started traveling or when we decided to start podcasting and sharing our business, those were all sort of emotionally risky things, but we weren't saying, yeah, I'm going to spend a hundred grand. I I don't like taking the cash risks because, and, and this is my answer to the question is that I'm in this game for time and freedom. And so cash represents those things to me. I've always been very willing to risk my time, you know, basically if the business demands of my time, things that I don't want to give it, I'll say, screw the business. Yeah. And that's actually something that, that just came up, Dan, in, in our business. And this wasn't directly related to you, but it was actually related to our employees. And uh, when I went back and in the beginning of the podcast, we talked about selling one of our businesses uh, through Joe and Justin, and uh, we sold a profitable business. And, you know, the question that we continuously got when we were selling the businesses like, why are you guys selling this? It's making money. I don't understand. And, and the problem for us is opportunity cost. So if we're focused on yes. that business that's generating a, a good living for somebody, we can't be uh, focused on making a killing, which is what we talked about uh, last episode. You know, if you have an enterprising spirit, an enterprising lifestyle, like Ian, me and you, we're always get anything we get involved in. Like when I started traveling, I asked the entrepreneurial question, how is my location 
in Southeast Asia going to benefit other people? How could, you know, and I'm, we're always asking, that's the enterprising spirit. We're all entrepreneurs here. So that's to me why I'm not going to get a, let a business get in the way of what I want to do. I'm going to put somebody in charge of it and I'm going to get out of there. And if it blows up, that's fine. Those are the types of risks I'm willing to take. Now, I'm not going to take a hundred grand and plop it down on some runner, uh, some, some pitch guy that, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not so hip to that. But in terms of what me and you are doing with our time, I'm willing to be very fast and loose with that. I don't feel like, no, man, we got to do this for the next four weeks. We have to batten down the hatches. I'm just not going to let a business get in the way of our enterprising spirit. Yeah, and that goes back to to what you identified as your strength up there, Dan. So I like that. All right. So scotch and spreadsheets, I like how they laid this one out. Um, maintaining work-life balance, Ian. Um, this is a big, this is a big thing that people like to talk about, especially in lifestyle business space. How do you think about the work-life balance? I think, uh, in general, work-life balance is for suckers and it's overrated. Uh, this, this idea of continuity is really important to, to you and me, right? So it's like what you do during the day is also what you do during the night. It's like, I'm not, I'm not Clark Kent, Superman, right? I, I just like right. to be Clark Kent or Superman. I don't, I don't like to be both. It's too, it's too draining, uh, to, to try and be both. I think there's this idea maybe inherited from the industrial mindset, like this idea that you need to kind of unplug and recharge and it's, it, it almost feels like it comes from the factory floor. Um, I mean, I think if, if, you're, if your work is just taking it out of you, that's not a bad litmus test for maybe you should reevaluate that work. I mean, I like this idea of listening to yourself and listening to your instincts. And, you know, somebody wrote me an email the other day saying, you know, I was traveling and like while I was traveling, I just couldn't prioritize work. I couldn't manage to get anything done. And I thought, man, if you have to Velcro yourself to a chair in order to get work done, you're probably doing the wrong kind of work. So it's not such a bad policy to think and like listen to your core motivation. Um, it comes back to Mark Manson's wonderful speech at DC Berlin where he said, passion is practical. And I think that's true. If you do have that entrepreneurial enterprising spirit, look, you're going to turn anything into a business because you're going to go there and you're going to be valuable. You're not going to think about number one all the time. You're going to be creating valuable situations. So to me, yeah, I, I don't think too much. Classic Steve Jobs anecdote, Ian, where he studied calligraphy and then it worked itself into the operating system. It's the same thing with me and you. Uh, your interests have become our businesses. Uh, the books that I read have become some of our podcasts. Um, the, the places that we go to end up baking themselves into our business. And so I just don't see as much of a distinction as maybe people in sort of the corporate mindset might see. Yeah. I like that idea, Dan, of, of just being an enterprising individual. And I think that that's something that has led us to no work-life balance. In fact, I just don't even think that this uh, this idea even makes sense for us anymore and a lot of lifestyle business uh, dudes either. Well, so uh, maybe there's maybe there's need for a new metaphor then, because one of the ones that we use is like business as an Iron Man suit. So your business like makes you stronger and extends your reach. And so one of the things we were talking about is like, how can our business help us to be healthier? How can our business help us to be better with money? Um, so maybe we could have an accountant on staff who gave us training. Uh, maybe we could have um, sort of health standards that me and you need to live up to. Or Those are the types of ways that you can use your business to forward your whole life project. You know, it's not just like I'm going to go put in my time and then I'm going to spend that money at the amusement park after work or something yeah. like that. I think you have to ask yourself the deeper question, which is what are you doing with your life? Like what type of work is going, you know, do you care about? That's a statement that you make 24 hours a day. 
Yeah, I, do, I, I agree, Dan. I don't think it's a totally irrelevant question because I, I do have a broken tooth right now that I haven't been able to figure out how to fix for the last three months. So. <laughs> we'll talk about that after the call. <laughs> School of Hard Knocks and some lessons learned. Um, Ian, if you could give yourself a phone call five years ago and tell uh, uh, younger, a, a more handsome, a more vibrant Ian what he should do over the next five years, what would you tell him? Uh, I would tell him uh, not looking, to be You're looking great, brother, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Besides this tooth issue, I'm looking all right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I would tell Ian uh, back in the day not to be a martyr. I think I, I had a lot of... Uh, I had a lot of martyr uh, tendencies when we were first starting our business. You know, I felt like I couldn't leave the office. I felt like it was uh, heads down all the time. Uh, those, those were the things that it took to kind of grow our business. Well, come to find out when I leave the office, we actually make more money because nobody likes hanging out with me there. And I think they can focus a lot better. Uh, so I would I would go back and say, Ian, you know, don't be a martyr to this business. Uh, focus, focus what's important. Focus on uh, having good energy, but um, don't focus on sitting down in the same chair for 12 hours a day and trying to bang it out because that's just not how it works for me. I know that's not how it works for you either, Dan. This is weird dichotomy because on the one hand, like you don't want to be Sisyphus rolling the same boulder up, boulder up the same hill time and time again. You want to push that boulder over the mountain and get through the dip. So sometimes that requires that Herculean effort at the beginning. But I think there's this idea that we're touching on here, which is that you can't douse your business with yourself. If if your business depends on you waking up every single morning and being He-Man, how many different superheroes am I going to bring in Greek characters? I'm going to bring in. <laughs> if if it depends on that, it's you're actually hurting yourself. You're hurting your business. You know, there's that uh, Vern Harnish thing where it's like where the CEO is really strong, the business tends to be really weak. And that makes sense because you create this gap in your business that relies on your expertise and your hard work. And uh, that's not as sustainable as figuring out, uh, you know, what value you really supply to the marketplace and how you can systematize that. So I love that idea. I mean, it's lower level thinking to just jump on everything in your business rather than thinking about the more elegant, scalable, long-term solution or approach that's going to be, you know, it's going to work over the course of half a decade or more. Agreed. Um, all right. So uh, for me, you know, I, I think I would just say, look, I was very impatient. Um, I'm the kind of person that when I decide on something, like I just want to go, 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 go. And I wish I could tell myself that building a successful business takes shorter than you think, um, but longer than you can stand. Yeah, buddy, you're the king of wheels up in 10 minutes, man. It's like uh, <laughs> sitting around and it's like, yeah, you want to go to dinner tonight? It's like, yeah, that sounds good. And you know, it's like, all right, wheels up in 10 minutes. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to <laughs> put on a shirt and tie, man. Give me a second. Jeez. You're the same way in business, though. And I think that's one of your strengths, too. But it, it does uh, it does take longer than you can stand, right? So Yeah, and that's just this idea of pushing through the dip and believing in the trajectories that you choose in life. You know, if you decide to get out of debt and you decide to lower your expenses to nothing and live like a pauper on rice and beans and focus on building assets that are going to give you wealth. So that's, you know, a monthly income that's going to eventually creep up over the expenses that you have. Right. So that's that classic rich dad, poor dad quote, which is that you might not be rich yet, but if your your income from assets is more than your expenses, you are wealthy. So if you're focused on just achieving that wealthy state and you know that you can get there, even in a small way, right? Even if that's at a few thousand dollars a month, um, it's going to be difficult to stand that, right? Because we're talking about small numbers. We're talking about a long haul. We're talking about a complete change in lifestyle. But, you know, it's not here we are 
you know, only five years later and our lives have been completely turned upside down. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I guess that's part of like this reflective process of sort of coming back home and seeing your hometown and seeing people that you knew a long time ago and just, uh, just sort of thinking like, it sort of felt like, you know, just these little things, but our whole lives have changed because we believed on a, a, a different trajectory. This, this thing called entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's been exciting, man. All right. So, uh, the final question, Ian is our business is growing up. Where do we want to be? Where do you want to be when you grow up? What's, what's your high school yearbook say? <laughs> Good question. I don't even know if I have that uh, yearbook. This is kind of an interesting question right now because one of the projects that we're working on, so we are working on uh, developing some software, uh, specifically an app. And I think that we should talk about that, Dan, in one of the upcoming episodes. But software is, um, software is really exciting for me because uh, before we started this project, I didn't know anything about it except for that I wanted to be involved with it. It's, uh, it's a similar process to building physical products in that it is a process. And I really like that about it. I'd say for me, where I want to be in this next year, and I don't want to call it further out than this next year because who knows what could happen. But right. I definitely want to bring uh, this software application to the market and maybe another one. Absolutely. So for me, uh, you know, I think about bringing entrepreneurs together in a much deeper way and like sticking to our mission with what we're doing here at the podcast. And in particular with the Dynamite Circle, we're going to have an incredible event in October. Uh, I'm I, like, I can't wait for October. Um, there's going to be some amazing people there. And it's just been magic helping those people connect and seeing some of the threads um, in there over the past few few months, the way people are changing their lives and just accelerating their business. Um, it's it's similar to the kind of support that we got when we first started doing masterminding with, you know, you know, when we started Ian, it was just me and you and a wine bottle and just like, what the heck are we going to do? Uh, I think there's you know? more than one, but yeah. <laughs> and, and, and here we are a few years later and there's literally hundreds of people. I think there's close to 700 DC years and um, hundreds of wine you know, bottles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just want to focus on that and, and figure out what I can do to be useful um, to people trying to create these kinds of businesses in their lives. Yeah. And we don't really know where it's going, right? I mean, this is, uh, this is so new for all of us being on this journey. So yes, like you, I am just excited to be a part of the movement. Yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting decade for entrepreneurship for sure. All right, let's get moving on to just the tips. Ian, sound sound the the, 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 the boxing match bell. Feedly is the best Google Reader alternative. You know, I've, I've sort of installed all of them. Um, when I first installed Feedly after Google Reader said that they were going down, I was not happy with it. They've fixed some of the UI issues. The speed has been faster. The iPhone app has been improved greatly. And I do actually think it has potential to be better than Google Reader. It's got some interesting features around social sharing and stuff. And, and look, in general, if you guys aren't following websites using RSS, I think it's, to me, it's been just a huge step up in my life to be able to receive my own personal newspaper from publishers that I care about. Um, you know, it's sort of like a more robust Twitter. Yeah, and it's a time but, saver too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Feedly, check it out. If you haven't made that switch yet, Google Reader is going down this month. Sad to say it. All right, Ian. Music, I know uh, maybe you're not the biggest fan, but uh, I just can't get enough of this Bruno Mars guy. He's like, when I was a kid, Michael Jackson was everything to me. He was the greatest. And now Bruno Mars is, has some of that greatness in him. And uh, here we're going to play a great track from him giving tribute uh, playing an Amy Winehouse song. 
at the VMAs last year. Just, uh, just uh, promise me I can pick the music next time. Yeah, you got it, buddy. All right. So if you guys come back next week, you'll hear what uh, the boss man's been listening to lately. We very much appreciate you showing up this week to hear us ramble on about our personal lives. We'll get back down to business next Thursday morning. Booyah! Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list. Check it out at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do, plus give you immediate access to episode 1 through 100 of the LBP. It is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We'll see you next Thursday morning. Hope you didn't catch a tear. Hope you found the right man.